You know what that sound means. Welcome to the most interesting part of your day. An exciting episode of the Metaphysical Mysteries with your intrepid hosts, Dr. Terry Trubla and Tom Greenhall. Always finding the seekers in this world and reporting it directly to you, the free and the brave. We encourage all of our fans to check out our website at www.themetaphysicalmysteries.com where we have more content and reference items, links to many of our amazing and cutting-edge guests. We are excited to have you with us again. And as you know, this is the must-do podcast for anybody who is anybody in the metaphysical field. We cover everything from ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, amazing healing sciences, and leading technologies that are simply the coolest. We'll bring in researchers, doctors, and authors, and give you content that you cannot get anywhere else. Check out our latest merchandise and proudly wear and use the Metaphysical Mysteries clothing and accessories. Now, on with our next episode. Good morning, folks. This is Dr. Terry and Tom from the Metaphysical Mysteries podcast most interesting part of your day. Today, we have with us Deb Froh from the greater Chicagoland area, and she's got a fascinating story about the creation of the, and she's the founder of, the Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe, and they have an upcoming, I guess I'll say, conference, uh, and she's going to talk about that, and she's got 36 years in the tarot card business, and uh, she has had uh, the opportunity to have many well-known speakers come, and this thing started as uh, just a backyard bonfire, and just people know bonfire means uh, fire of bones. That's a definition, or it can also be a celebration of things to come. I think that's probably where we're at <laughs> in this case. So, Deb, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Fantastic. And somebody from my own state, that's that's unusual. It's a great state of Illinois. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, Deb, tell us, tell us about yourself and how this how this backyard bonfire situation got going. Well, um, let's go way, 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 way back. Um, people often ask me, you know, how did I know I was psychic or you know, when did that start? And according to my mother, I've been this way my whole life. Um, when I was just a little toddler, the phone would ring and I would say, it's grandma or whoever, you know, and, uh, and, but I thought everybody was like me because that's what kids think. And so it never occurred to me to like, at, my six-year-old mind was not thinking, hmm, I wonder if I can monetize this, you know, I was just living my life and getting, information that you know wasn't available I didn't know it uh, but as I got older I started to see that there was something going on here and uh, I had a huge huge urge to buy a tarot deck about 36 years ago 36 years ago there was no internet there was no Amazon there was no Barnes and Noble if you wanted a tarot deck, you had to know where to get one. And I had never even seen a tarot card. Wow. So I had no idea where to start. And uh, someone suggested to me that I go to this uh, funky little shop called Platypus Books, which is gone now in Evanston, Illinois. And uh, 
I walked in and they had two decks. And I said to the clerk, which one should I buy? And she said, well, this one over here on the left is uh, the classic deck. So I bought it and I couldn't read that thing. I couldn't figure it out. It was two years of banging my head against the wall. And I went to a party and there was a tarot reader there. And instead of being in a separate room locked away, she was in the middle of the living room. So I thought, all right, let's see what this is all about because I had never seen a tarot reading before. And I stood behind her and the client would ask a question and some cards. And it was like watching television. It was so crystal clear. And I realized afterwards that the difference here was the deck. This particular deck she was reading was based on Greek mythology, which I love Greek mythology. So, you know, I, I understood it right away. Uh, the other deck was, no, <laughs> symbols that meant nothing to me. So um, I just dove in and I was surprised. I was really surprised at how how well it flowed. And I did that for a long time, raised four kids and, you know, all that good stuff. And then the, the pause came where the kids are grown and I'm thinking, what am I going to do with myself? I need to do something interesting. And let's face it, I like a party. And so I decided that uh, I had been traveling. Now, I live about two hours west of Chicago. So whenever I wanted to see all my psychic friends, and I had gathered quite a few. Actually, funny that I should say that because they were all connected with this center in Lombard, Illinois, called the Gathering Lighthouse. And I would drive in, you know, and hang with everybody. And, you know, well, I got tired of driving in there. And so I told them all that they were coming to my house for a bonfire. And uh, it was, you know, they came out at four in the afternoon. We went out and had dinner together. I lit a bonfire. We did readings for each other. The Perseid meteor shower was going strong. And the next thing I knew, it was 1130. And these people had driven 100 miles to get to my house. And they didn't want to go home. <laughs> I was trying to kick them out. <laughs> and uh, they asked me if I would do it again next year. And so I said, well, okay, sure. So that was 2014. The next year I did it again. And I started to feel like something's going on here. I had... Uh, brought in a storyteller who told a story about a mortal man who married a fairy. And it was a very cute little story. But one of the people in my group is a walk-in soul. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but a walk-in soul is, you know, very rare, I, I would say. She stood up and she said at the end of the story about fairies, she said, um, Pan, who's the head of the fairies, told me that if we say his name three times, he'll appear. We're in my backyard. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> so we all said his name. We drew it out nice and long, you know, Pan, Pan. And now I need to digress for a moment. This particular day was about 100 degrees. 
uh, in Illinois, the humidity is commensurate with the, with the temperature. And it was a miserable, miserable evening. There wasn't a breeze, there wasn't anything. And we all had said the word pan three times. And I turned around and looked at this big uh, bank of trees and, and uh, it's, I call it the wild space because you can't go back there. It's poison ivy, brambles, you know, that sort of thing. And all the, you know, every single plant in the wild space looked like it was just going to keel over. It was just so hot, except this one bush was shaking like it was in a hurricane and there was no breeze. And I looked at my group and I said, am I the only one seeing this? And I looked at them and all of their jaws are hitting the floor. And I thought, okay, then I guess, I guess it happened. You know, I, so I took that as a sign that I needed to pay closer attention to what I was doing here, that there was a bigger plan and I needed to stop goofing around and, you know, see what it wanted to be. Absolutely. By the fourth year, I, um, now, mind you, this is all happening in my backyard. By the fourth year, um, I had decided that it would be networking for metaphysicians. Because at that time, not so much now, but at that time, um, all of us were in competition with each other. You know, you would hear people say things like, well, you can't charge that much. You're not that good. You know, and, ah, you know, I was so tired of having to prove myself, having to climb to the top of the heap. And I thought there's got to be a better way. And why don't we all just cooperate? Why don't we work together? You know, I felt like the metaphor that I used uh, to the group when I explained this to them was, I said, the world is almost ready to see us. They're almost ready to acknowledge us and, and hear us and listen to us. And when they pull the, the curtain back, what do you want them to see? Do you want them to see us all in a knife fight over dollars? Or do you want them to see that we're working together for the betterment of the planet and humanity? And they thought, yeah, that's, that's probably where we should be. And so it started out as networking uh, and that built my core group, truly. Um, but at the same time, my husband said to me, uh, you know, this is a lot of work putting this thing on. I need you to move it someplace else. And so there was this really fancy B&B around the corner. And I thought, well, I'll just, I'll go take the tour. I know I can't afford it, you know, but I'll just do it. And just so I can start pushing the energy for this. And I walk in and it is absolutely jaw dropping. Five star B&B in the, in a town so small, there is no stoplight. And I'm taking the tour. I can't take it all in there so much. And uh, I get to the last unit that I'm, you know, the last of the rooms. I'm being led around by one of the employees. And one of the owners walks in and she says to me, 
Well, so what is this? Is like a family reunion or, you know, a, a birthday party or, you know, what is your goal here for, you know, renting the entire building out? And I just looked her dead in the eye and I said, we're all psychic. Because I figured, you know, she's going to find out anyway and she'll probably kick us out. She looked me dead in the eye and said, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> so I knew <laughs> that I should make it work, even though it was a completely different uh, platform than I had been working on, which was my backyard. Wow. Which is huge, but yes, that's when I started made into something. I was getting speakers started locally, you know, Chicago people that, you know, didn't maybe needed to bring some people that they knew or, um, you know, just needed to be a little bit, bit better known. And it was all just growing. And it went from one afternoon to a full day to four full days. And then COVID hit. And I had already sold almost every ticket by the time they closed down Illinois in March. And I had to refund all the tickets. And it was, I, I didn't know what to do. And at the same time, this uh, particular company called Sage Productions was teaching a class online um, on how to do an online conference, which now we're sick of them, but at the time, you know, uh, nobody had done it before. And so I took the class. It was four days, 12 hours each. And I immersed myself in it. I found a good AV guy and I wound up putting on a two day conference um, online. People from six countries attended. It was even China. I was really amazed. And um, so we we didn't miss a year. We didn't miss a year because of COVID. And uh, it was, Excuse me. It was uh, I'm glad I did it, but I'll never do it again. Because I like that interaction and you really don't get that, you know, and. Agreed. That's the whole, that's the whole thing is, you know, that you meet these people that you have conversations with them in crazy moments that you didn't know were available until it happened. And yeah, I didn't, I, I'm glad I did it. I'd never do it again. Right. So the following year to build up all the uh, momentum again, uh, I invited Grant Cameron to uh, come and speak, be our, be our keynote. And he said, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Let me it. say Grant Cameron, he's the NDE guy, right? Near-death experience guy? Well, he started 45 years ago as an NDE guy. Then he became a UFO guy. And then he became the guy who is all about consciousness. Okay. And I wanted him to talk about consciousness and how it relates to all the other phenomenon that is uncategorizable to a group of metaphysicians. So they would start to understand that it is all connected. 100%. And so he did a great job. Everybody was so thrilled to see him. We had a lot of people come that year. 
And so we're just building on it. My my goal when I choose speakers is to find people that are just about ready to take off. You know, like their rocket is on the launch pad and I want to get them before they take off. Sounds and uh, <laughs> That's what we last, do on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, last year, uh, Sarah Breskman Cosme was our keynote speaker and she is everywhere. I don't think that girl ever goes home. Yes. She's all over the country, all over the world. She's just, just great. And everyone loved her. Um, she's the, uh, is she the remote viewer or which one is no, she? No, no, no. She does QHHT. So she's oh, not okay. actually psychic, okay. but she's a hypnotherapist. Oh, hypnotherapist. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But she does the hypnotherapy uh, that, uh, uh, Dolores Cannon developed her style yeah. takes you to your higher self. Yeah. I'm a master um, hypnotherapist. I know exactly what you're talking about for the listeners though. It is one that jumps you quickly into a highest level in theory. I mean, that's what everybody says and, and the results kind of prove that out. Well, yeah, she's written two books on just people, her clients randomly are all from Egypt during one section. And then, Another book, all of her clients are suddenly from Atlantis, you know, and and so it's it's really um, interesting read. Her books are very interesting. She's the sweetest person. I was looking for somebody last year who um, would speak about cryptids because what the heck do cryptids have to do with metaphysics? Right. And um, I was just spinning through podcasts one day on uh on youtube and i just stopped randomly and it was a mufon conference and this guy named steve walks up to the podium and says if you haven't read where the footprints and by josh kutchen you don't belong in this room and i thought wow that's a statement so i played it back and i wrote it down and i ordered it and one of the best books I've ever read. It's actually two books. Really, really amazing recounting of not just Bigfoot, which where the footprints end, but um, of a lot of different cryptids and folklore. And wow, the guy is amazing. So I, I contacted him and he said yes. And, you know, he was fantastic. My goal is always, like I said, to get these people just before they explode onto the scene and everybody knows their name, you know, and you can say, I saw them just before that happened. <laughs> Absolutely. I saw you had uh, Mike Clellan on there too, the, the owl slash UFO guy. Yes. Mike Clellan is our keynote this year. Okay. And um, I think Mike is probably the best storyteller on the circuit, on the earth. I mean, he, if you watch his lectures, which it's kind of hard to find him nowadays um, because he was off the circuit for a while, I wanted to bring him back. And turns out now suddenly he's speaking in many places. And his thing is, is that he has been having paranormal experiences his whole life, but they seem to be, um, presaged by the presence of an owl 
-hmm. So when he sees an owl, he knows something's afoot. Right. And the, the things that happen to him are wild and crazy. And I, I just, and now F, FYI, we're not a UFO conference, but UFOs seem to tip in every so often, you know, and he has a, he has something to say about that. So we have him, we have uh, Ingrid Honkala this year. She is a PhD NASA scientist who had her first NDE when she was five years old at her family's home in the mountains of Columbia, South America. And what a story she tells. And she is one of the sweetest people I've ever met. Everyone's going to want to take her home at the end. She's just sweetheart. Fantastic. Yeah, my, son, um, my son's actually in Columbia right now as we speak. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, just got there yesterday. So we're also having, um, this year we're also having, now this is headline day that I'm talking about, which is Saturday, August 12th. Um, our third speaker is who I consider to be the best medium in the country. And she's from Racine, Wisconsin, and her name is Carolyn Clapper. She came last year and told us her origin story, which is just a phenomenal story. It took her two hours to tell it. It was wow. just phenomenal. And now this year, she's going to come and talk about her work. So she does missing persons. She's a medical intuitive and doctors actually listen to her. <laughs> and um, she's, of course, an evidential medium. And she's just another sweetheart. And I, we're, we're really excited to have her. So that's our headline today. That's Saturday. Uh, yeah. So for people, listeners, if you're interested in this, tickets are still on sale until July 7th, 375 bucks, correct? Yes. Um, Thursday, August 10th through August 13th is the, you can get all the particulars. Is there a website or someplace they can go to get this? Yes. Um, all over Facebook, but also you can go to my website, internalwilderness.com. And there is a drop-down menu called Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe. And there's probably 11 pages under that. So fantastic. And so as you've had these, uh, you know, various, I guess I'm going to call them conferences because in reality, that's what it is. Seminar sure. conferences, whatever. Um, I suppose you've seen people that have come and maybe been newbies or semi newbies when they show up just to sure. observe and how have they progressed if they've been return seekers? I mean, how do, how do they progress through the years? Sometimes they come back and sometimes not. Um, but one thing that I do offer that uh, tends to bring people back is if you buy a ticket this year, then in October after the conference, I will offer you a ticket for a hundred dollars off and yeah. it's called the super VIP ticket. And those folks snap up all those tickets. I bet they do. Yeah. So what is the layout of this thing? If people say, Hey, I'm going to do this. I want to go sit there <laughs> and you know, uh, they show up and are they sitting outside inside where, where are they at and what are they doing? So it's actually an outside conference, but we have, um, well, let me just roll back and say that on the website under 
Okay, so internalwilderness.com, mm -hmm. looking at the tab that says um, Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe, there is a video that I had made so that you could see what the whole conference looks like. And yes, we are outside. However, we're in a covered pergola. And though it also has, um, what do you want to say, translucent walls. Okay. So that, but we've never had rain. I mean, last year we had rain 10 minutes before we closed for the night. So, I mean, we've, it's just always been good weather. Um, we also have a big five car garage area where the um, vendors and readers all hang. And so it's a, it's a corner lot. And you think, oh, well, what can you do with the corner lot? Holy moly, this is like the Garden of Eden. They have made it into the most magical place you've ever seen. So we're just thrilled that we get to be there every year. So do you have a limit, I assume, on this small yes. group with that kind of a setting? Right. A hundred people is the maximum amount of tickets I can sell. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fantastic. So, <clears throat> Tom, do you have a, you got a question? Yeah, I'd just like to go back a little bit to earlier in your story. You mentioned something about a walk-in soul. And for the readers, yes. I have no idea what that is. Could you explain from your perspective what that is? Sure. You know, 40-something <laughs> years ago, I read a book by Ruth Montgomery about walk-in souls. And I just put it back on the shelf after I read it. And I thought, I, I'll just leave it on the back burner. I have no idea if this is true or not. But what she describes is truly what this particular individual describes. Her name is Linda Wilkes. And uh, her, her story is so compelling. But what happens in general with a walk-in soul is you've come to this earth, you've lived your life. And you're done. You did all your stuff and, you know, you don't, but you have a perfectly good body and it's got a lot of years ahead of it. And somebody else, some other soul could use it to complete their mission too. So generally speaking, the host, the original person who's going to leave um, gets very, very ill. And during that the peak of that illness, the exchange happens. The way Linda describes it, she says she felt she felt the exchange, and this was in the 90s, by the way, this happened. Still now in 2023, she says, I can still feel the spirit pushing into my body, getting its fingers with my fingers, you know, getting its toes with my toes. And it's just thrilling you know to think about it and until I met Linda I was it was all on the back burner but she is so authentic and she is so um no bs you know she's she's just amazing so what happens is the exchange happens and then the body begins to heal and then the new person who comes who is now inhabiting this body and this happened to Linda doesn't recognize their family, their friends. Uh, with Linda, she said that she, people were coming to her hospital room and she would just feel their energy. And 
if they felt good and nurturing and loving and caring, they were in her circle again. And if they if they felt like if she felt that something was off, she didn't. She kept her distance. And it, it's just amazing. I mean, you know, her daughter is a medium and didn't know it at the time. And um, was this I a daughter from the new body or from yes. the old body? Well, for no, from the old Linda. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Who was yeah, exactly. coming to the hospital to see her. Yeah. And I, I will say, you talked about Ruth Montgomery, and I, I had already jotted her name down because. Um, years and years and years ago, when I kind of first started the investigative process, she was one of the first people I read. And Tommy, she's yeah. a, she's a uh, very well known back in the 60s, 70s, and into the 80s, whatever. Um, very well known uh, reporter in Washington D.C. doing politics, and she had a person come to her, uh, you know, from the other side, and she started doing automatic writing. And it was I think Lily it was that I believe that's right, Lily. Um, was the name. And uh, I think it was a guy. But anyway, long story short, she ended up in one of her books and probably more than well, more than one. Uh, she talked about her experience with a walk in. I think the first one was down in Mexico or something. She traveled, maybe it was South America. I can't remember. And she went down there. But I would recommend her books because you mentioned her and I will just say kudos to her. She's deceased at this point. Um, but wow, uh, that that lady had some serious credibility and she really struggled with yes. should she even talk about this so some of that that uh, initial you know road work that she did allows us to come out and talk about these things so some of these early warriors i call them uh really set a standard for us of, of high quality stuff and you can probably get her books for a dollar on uh, amazon you know i mean they're they're <clears throat> books from the 60s so yes. you know but all worth, they're so worth reading. Absolutely. I thought she was a pioneer. <clears throat> Fantastic. But yeah, walk-in souls are fascinating. I mean, I think a person could have that, that whole topic, obviously, <clears throat> for a speaker would be fascinating for people. Now, whether they believe it or not, that's totally their choice. That's what I always say. Take all the data you can to come to your own reasoned conclusion and then go from there. And then, you know, from, from an investigative point of view with, with Tom and, I, and our background, I mean, that's what we do. We don't, we got to be led down the primrose path with evidence, 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 I, evidence, evidence, and then bingo, there you go. Okay. Eventually a two by four hits you in the head and goes, okay, there's something to this, you know? I'm the same way. I mean, I am very practical. Um, don't just hand me a plate full of woo because I'm probably give it right back to you. Um, I I have a guy who wants to give a, a talk about ghosts, but I just don't have a thing for ghosts. I told him, I said, he said, what's your problem with them? And I said, you know, maybe if I saw one, I would think that there's something there. But what I see so far is a lot of nothing. <laughs> so... Yeah, everybody's got their topics and and certainly sometimes seeing is believing. And, right. You know, we've interviewed a number of, you know, I'll call them ghost hunters for lack of better term and um, some fascinating stories and, um, you know, interactions and so forth. But, you know, I think the point for people coming to this is, you know, if you're way out there, woo, -woo this may not be your your bucket of stuff here to, to go do do this sort of thing i mean you want to go I, with go ahead i'm going to disagree because you think, you think the woo-woos need to be educated well i think that okay for example 
One of my speakers is here, Cheryl Costa. First of all, Cheryl Costa is a trans woman. There's a whole story there. Mm -hmm. She started out in the Navy for 20 years on a nuclear submarine when she was a boy, as she says it. Okay. Then she transitioned, became a Buddhist monk, and then a witch. And she has written, she and her wife have written 50 books on UFOs one for each state to tell you where the UFOs can be seen, okay? Where, where they show up all the time. Okay, so here's a woman who's got so much going on. I wanted her to come and talk about Wicca this year. She's coming and speaking on Friday. I wanted her to come and talk to us because we don't really know that much about which is this group. And so, What's cool about coming and having a whole weekend to hang with these speakers is they all have their woo edge too. And if that's, if you're that person and you're, you know, caught up in, in phenomena and the, and the whole woo woo thing, you, you're going to find people that are going to totally get you, you know, everybody's in a different place on the path. So I don't judge anybody, you know, I've been walking this path for a long time and I recognize some road markers, you know, Sure. but, but on the other hand, you know, everybody has to uh, do their own exploration on their own. You can't educate people into knowing things when experience will trump that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So from a personal perspective, um, do you feel like this uh, conference and interaction has really grown you personally? Oh, for sure. And it's not what you think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> on the one hand, I'm, I, I struggle to find people on the cutting edge because I've been checking out the cutting edge for my whole life. And I struggle to find those people what it has been teaching me over the years is because I have this woo brain too, um, it really grounds me because I have things like, oh, the caterer can't come at the last minute. And, you know, th this bill is due and uh, I forgot about it. And, you know, and it, it just keeps me grounded in the moment so that um, I just get better at it because, you know, this is, I, I want you, when you come, I want you to have a seamless experience that you can choose. You can either say, for example, go to your cabin and just hang, or you can come to my spoon bending class. <laughs> I mean, I don't teach it. I have somebody else, um, you know, so it's, it's uh, a lot packed into one weekend. Sounds like it really is. So how many classes or, or presentations would be in a day on average? Two or three, depending. Mm -hmm. um, this year, I have two on Friday. My other speaker besides Cheryl Costa is Morgan Daimler. And the reason I asked Morgan to come is because she is a... Uh, uh, expert on Celtic fairies and everybody thinks fairies are Tinkerbell 
and they are not Tinkerbell. <laughs> and so I think it's time for a little, you know, education on that. Um, right. So she's going to come and talk about really fairies, pixies, brownies, all those things. And uh, normally I would have a third speaker like after dinner, but this year we're, I can't even really tell you what we're going to do, but we're taking a secret field trip and it's a secret. So I can't tell you where we're going, but uh, we are all taking off and checking something out. So nice. something Sweet. totally amazing. So leave a little mystery there, you know. <laughs> nice nice that that sounds like fun tom you got something uh it sounds like a hell of a weekend especially for new people coming in and experience it's a it's a massive weekend <laughs> and you're still gonna have the bonfire right well we don't have a place to do a bonfire and i'm not sure that this particular ordinances in this town will allow it but we have a giant fireplace there you go. And so we do uh, actually this year on on Thursday night, I'm having a guy come in who is going to tell us bedtime stories of high strangeness. And it's going to be from nine to 11 around the fire. We'll all be eating our deluxe s'mores. I get really good chocolate and <laughs> And uh, yeah, we're going to listen to some scary stories. And the reason I'm doing that is not to scare people, but so that they can begin to try and wrap their minds around what is the purpose of these cryptids? What's a rake about? What's the Wendigo about? Why is dog man a thing? Why are we afraid of all this stuff? What does it have to do with the oneness principle? And so that's the reason that I'm bringing him because I'm challenging people to fit it into their definition of the oneness principle. Absolutely. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got a Bigfoot guy coming on the podcast here this season and cool. uh, out of North Carolina, Ron Moorhead. And, oh, yes. You know, you know Ron. Of course. So, yep. Yeah, so he'll be talking about, you know, the cryptid situation and Bigfoot and so forth. Um, you know, and even the rake. Occasionally you hear stories about the rake. And uh, I think that's almost the boogeyman in a lot of people's dreams, what a rake looks like. You know? For sure. And, For sure. Uh, so pretty fascinating. And uh, probably not as Well, scary. Ron Moorhead brought us the Sierra sounds. I mean... Yes. That was groundbreaking tape. What he knows, what he's known for. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think, I think the cryptids is certainly an area that is continuing to be investigated. And, you know, in, in the law enforcement world or criminal justice world, you know, uh, both civil and criminal, you know, we have to prove things in civil court by a preponderance of the evidence, which just means 51% in your mind that that's right. correct, which is a lower threshold. And then, um, you know, if somebody's going to be convicted of a crime, it's uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, which is like, you know, above 90 percentile that this is what happened. You don't have to have 100 percent, although people would like that. Um, but I think we've certainly got beyond the preponderance of an evidence in most of these cryptid um, cases, the ones that have been investigated for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
should give people a reasonable pause to say, maybe I should look at this because the preponderance of evidence is certainly there beyond a reasonable doubt that's, you know, still out there probably. We're moving towards that pretty fast. And uh, some people are probably already there in their minds, but I really feel when you have forums like what you have and, and what we pr propose to have here, um, I think really that's people need to, to tune in and then do the research themselves. And like we say, with so many of these <clears throat> metaphysical topics, people need to do the research themselves. Listen to what people have to say. Go dig into the books, dig into the podcast, dig into everything you can, and then come to your own conclusions. That's your, it's your best way to get to it, in my, my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, again, experience trumps everything. And I've seen a couple of UFOs in my lifetime, but they were little tiny dots against the firmament. You know, it wasn't as if uh, something landed in my yard, you know. And so my experience is pretty nascent. And I would, I'm not sure I want to have more of an experience than that. So reading is a great way to fill in those blanks. We're having uh, Betty and Barney Hill's niece on the oh, show. Marston, and, yes. Yes, absolutely. And so I think uh, she'll be on this season. And you just, you know, six books in the area and just fascinating, fascinating information. And once something like that happens in your family, I think you're kind of stuck with the UFO gig <laughs> for a lifetime, it seems. And, uh, you know, it's just okay. But you're talking about people landing. I, we, I've interviewed an individual who did have a craft land in the backyard. Uh, but you, you, sometimes you get into things uh, with the UFOs with astral travel. You know, you're actually coming out of body and astrally traveling. So I think people have to have a lot of really pretty in-depth understanding of a lot of metaphysical topics that kind of blend together when we get some of this. So you have to have a wider range than just the standard physical body you know, getting up and walking into a craft, it's really your, probably your astral body in a lot of cases. And, uh, and sometimes it's physical, but uh, I, I really think those things need to be really looked at from a deeper perspective and uh, science being how science is, you know, you really got to kind of really prove it beyond any doubt and before anybody's going to accept it. But we're learning about consciousness now at a level that people previously did not understand. Uh, Very you know, much so. Where light and consciousness and photons and so forth being, uh, you know, anywhere and everywhere all at the same time, we're all one. I mean, these kinds of things, being able to uh, hook up, uh, you know, well, they used to put stickers on your heads to, you know, check your brain and so forth. Now you can actually put them on the outside and find out, you know, you even get clearer results and better results. So things are coming from outside. The, the cranium and consciousness is not generated by the brain. It's, you know, outside of that. And there's so many things like that we could go into and talk. And I, so I really, my hat's off to you for having a conference like this. I know having hosted a few things like this, many things like this through the years, it is um, challenging uh, uh, and it does take some effort and time, but I think it's, um, you know, based out of love, love of, of curiosity, love of the topic matter that you're into and love of people that they get an opportunity to advance themselves. So my, my hat's off to you for doing this. Well, thanks. I can't tell you how much I enjoy it. Oh, I totally get it. hundred <laughs> percent. And uh, if, if, you know, each of us can do our little part, uh, a lot of people will, will start to advance. And, you know, in the greater metaphysical world, they, they talk about, you know, the advancement of consciousness across the earth. 
clearly that's happening because between spiritual understandings, people's abilities, and then science all blended together, we are advancing forthwith into the into the next er- arena of, of time and space. And uh, we'll look back on this time as a real frontier uh, of that change one day. And uh, I, I, look I agree. To so, Tommy, you got any any closing uh, comments as we go through this? No, I want to just thank you for taking on the uh, the topic and the challenge of doing this and maintaining the integrity of it. You know, thank you. You said earlier it can go sideways a little bit into a different place, and sounds like so far everything's tracking where it should be, and people are getting what they need. And obviously, they're coming back for more, so that's a great thing. Very much so. Thank you. Well, Deb, do you want to leave anybody with um, more data about your up to, upcoming conference and uh, how they can get a hold of you? Do you want to recap? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, my website is internalwilderness.com. And you can find the Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe and 11 or so sub pages under that with all the information you're going to need. But also on my website is my phone number, is my uh, email, which is deb at internalwilderness.com. So easy enough. Um, I love it when you write to me because um, then I can really explain things. People do get confused sometimes about there's a lot of information on that website. <laughs> and so um, I, I, my job is to find out what your needs are and then show you how we fix that. So fantastic. Well, great. I, I really enjoyed this chat and hearing about how you developed this because, you know, people always wonder how these things come to be. And so you gave the backstory and that's really, really cool. And I think people will really enjoy that. So I hope you fill that up. I bet you do. And uh, <laughs> that'd be a good uh, road trip for us, Tom. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Set up a podcast, interview a few people while we're there. That'd be fun. Um, anyway. would love it. I have a place for you to set up. Hey, there you go. That sounds like fun. Not big, not a big road trip for me, but it would be for you, Tommy. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, anyway, very good. Um, so from all of us here at the Metaphysical Mysteries podcast, I want to thank Deb for being here, Tommy. And, you know, we'll see you all very soon and talk to you then. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Deb.